You're listening to a powerful message from Pastors Jeremy and Miranda Nelson at the Love Revolution Conference, hosted by C3 Church Tugger. Get ready to have a life-changing encounter with Christ. Second time. Um, how many of you were here last year when we came? Yeah, quite a few of you. We had a blast. A lot of people got healed and touched. Uh, who was here last night with Miranda, my wife? Was it awesome? Yeah, come on. I mean, I, I, I kind of knew the answer to that before I asked you, but because Miranda's amazing. And, um, you know, talking about marriage earlier, you know, yesterday was actually Miranda and, and my fourth year anniversary. And um, so I shared her with you guys, but uh, we celebrated on Monday in Sydney and had a blast. Just went all around the city and stuff and went to an opera. And so uh, anyway, God is good. Amen. But I'm, ex- I'm excited to preach to you tonight and to just share with you some, share with you some things that God's put in my heart. Uh, how many know this is a love revolution conference, right? Well, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about that, and uh, we are going to pray for people to get healed tonight, and we're going to prophesy, you know, words over people's lives, and, and you know, uh, one of the things I want to say is this, is that God's love looks like something, and, uh, you know, if you were here last time that we were here, um, I talked about the kingdom of God, and, and I talked about how, how God's desire is to see, you know, um, His kingdom manifest in the earth and, and to, to see the same authentic Christianity that Jesus saw when He walked the earth. And uh, I'm excited because I believe that God is stirring up a generation for the Holy Spirit and for the things of God. And, and I believe that God is equipping a generation, and that God is uh, empowering a generation to walk in the supernatural and also to walk in success in the natural. Amen? And uh, anyway, I believe tonight there's going to be a release, an impartation, and uh, that God's going to stir you guys up and, and, and take you to the next level in your relationship with Him. But also, I believe God wants to impart in this place the anointing of the Holy Spirit and fire, and that God wants to, uh, God wants to activate some of you into a, a, another realm of, of His power and His glory. And, and for some of you, that might be something that's new for you, but um, others of you, you may be already have uh, have been used by God, you know, in His power. But how I many know there's always more? Amen? And uh, so love revolution. What is love revolution? What does that look like? What, is, what does the word revolution mean? Well, the word revolution, according to the Webster's Dictionary, it means this. It, 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 the definition is this. A far and drastic change in ways of thinking and behaving regarding a culture and a society. And so what what a love revolution is to us is God using us as His people to change the way the world thinks about His love. It's using us to change the way culture around us thinks about God's love. How many know that there's a lot of people out in the world, they don't know God and they don't know His love at all, do they? In fact, if you start to talk about God to some people, they just don't even want to talk to you about it. Or they're like, oh yeah, God, yeah, He's in heaven. He's like looking at all my sins and He's counting them. And You know, it's like there's this mindset that like people are afraid of God. How many know God wants to reveal His love? He wants to reveal his heart. He wants to reveal who he is. And, and, and that was what Jesus came to the earth to do. See, everywhere Jesus went, he was bringing a love revolution. 
He was changing the way that people think about him and about his father and about the kingdom of God. And he came into a time and a season, a, a culture and a day where people were more into religion than they were a relationship with God. And you see, there was a lot of people that did all kinds of like, you know, meetings and services and prayers and practices that were religious, but they didn't necessarily have a connection to God. And, you know, there were a lot of Pharisees and and hypocrites in that day that they would talk about God as if they knew Him, but there was no fruit of that reality of who God was in their life. And, And when they talked about God, it was just mere talk. But see, when Jesus would preach... And when Jesus was, you know, coming into contact with the lost, there was a substance of God's goodness, a substance of God's love and glory that was being seen. I mean, blind people were seeing. Deaf people were hearing. Lame people were walking. Dead people were rising. See, there was something about Jesus that set him apart from all the other teachers and all the other, you know, religious people of his day. And that was this, that when he said, God said something, something happened. And that when he prayed, there was a power that so, uh, if you would, captivate the hearts of people that didn't know God and released a reality of his love. See, that's what it is to see a love revolution overtake a generation. And you see, the amazing thing is this. So Jesus died on the cross so that he could deal with our sins, so that we could walk just like he walked when he was in the earth. And you see, I believe what God wants to do tonight is God wants to stir people up. Oh. He wants to stir him up to begin to grab a hold of his heart and to begin to grab a hold of a heart that, that says, I want to show the world what love looks like. Because I'm telling you, the world's looking for love. They are. And, and you know, the world's looking for love. And, 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 you know, in a lot of ways, they're looking for love in a great party. How many know that's true? Well, guess what? We have the greatest party there is, right? We have the joy of the Holy Ghost. We have, I mean, I'm telling you, people should look at our lives and be so insanely jealous about who we are and what we have. And, and the love that we have is so much greater than the love that's in the world. I mean, the love in the world is like temporal. I mean, people, they have their momentary happiness and then they wake up the next day. And they're even worse than the day before. See, what God wants is to give you something real tonight. That goes beyond just, you know, I mean, momentary pleasure, but it's eternal. And and God also wants to give an invitation to you tonight to partner with Him to release His eternal love. I mean, I'm telling you, we've been seeing the love of God set people free. I mean, Miranda and I, you know, we've seen so many people healed and so many people delivered. I mean, I remember one time we were walking down the streets of Vancouver in, in Canada. That's where Miranda's from. And I remember we walked up to this guy. The Lord just led us to him. He said, go pray for that guy. And we walked up to this guy. He's homeless. And he's there, and, and you can tell this guy's like out of his mind. I mean, he's not even dressed right, has no shoes on. I mean, this, this guy, you know, you just take one look at him, you go, this guy's got some issues, you know? And, and so we just walked up to him, and, and one of the things that we just have really uh, got a heart for is loving the unlovely. Because that's what Jesus did. You know, and, and, and so we walk up to this guy, and we say, hey man, how you doing? Um, you know, is there anything we can do for you? We're Christians. We believe in, in Jesus and we just want to love on you. And the guy goes, actually, I'm really hungry. He said, can, I get, can you buy him some pizza? So we said, all right, cool, let's do it. So we, we, we're walking with him to get some pizza and we start telling him about us, uh, the, the, the ministry that God's given us and about how God heals people and sets people free. And I start asking him, I said, why are you here on the streets, man? And he said, well, this is the weirdest thing, but he said, I've got voices in my head, man. He said, I've had him like for 10 years. He had, he's a schizo, he has schizophrenia. You guys know what that is? I mean, and, and it's so bad that he lost his job. He lost his family. He lost everything. And he's just on the streets, you know, every day just dealing with this demonic issue. And, and I told him, I said, after we get your pizza, man, let us pray for you because I believe the love of God wants to set you free. 
And this guy was so hungry, he said, no, not after pizza, right now. He just stopped. He said, I want to be free from this. You know the world wants to be free from the issues in their lives and the things. And you know what, maybe they're not as extreme as what I'm telling you. But the reality is, God wants to anoint us to be the answer to these people's lives. And, and so, Miranda and I, we said, all right, man, let's pray for you. And I laid a hand on his shoulder. She laid a hand on his other shoulder. And we just started to pray. We said, Lord, let your love come and set this man free. See, the Bible says, perfect love casts down all fear. And instantly, I love sometimes you hear the loss or testimony about, like, what they feel when God comes. Well, this guy, he gets hit and he goes, oh, I got electricity going through my entire body. Uh, can you explain that? No, but who cares? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? This guy's getting touched. He doesn't know God. And, 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 and he says, I feel electricity going through my whole body. And within a matter of like two minutes, he goes, the voices are gone. This is amazing. First time in 10 years, I've not heard these voices. And the guy gets totally set free on the spot. I mean, you know, it's not hard to lead people to Jesus when they come into freedom. And there's a tangible release of God's love. And, and, and I'm telling you, you know, God has an antidote for the hardest of hearts that are out there in the world. And that's the love of Jesus. And that's a demonstration of God's love and a demonstration of God's power. Because Jesus never talked about God the Father as if he was just this, you know, idea of this person in heaven. He said, here, let me show you who God the Father is. That's why he told his disciples, you know, he said, when you've seen me, you've seen my Father. See, God wants to use each and every one of you. I'm telling you, there is such an anointing right now on, on, on this generation for signs and for wonders and for miracles, for power and for glory. And, and, and you know, I want you to understand something. You do not have to preach behind a pulpit to be used by God. God wants to use you on your campuses. God wants to use you, you know, uh, to the point where, where you radically change, you know, everyone's lives around you. And you are the one that begins to depict the influence of what's going on around your life. I mean, there's some radical things happening in the earth right now with revival. I mean, I just heard a testimony the other day about, you know, in, in America, there's this high school and there's this one Christian girl. She's on fire for God and she's in this secular high school and she's sitting in her classroom and God comes on her in the classroom. And she starts to just get overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord and starts laughing. And, and everybody's like, what is wrong with this girl? You know, she's, she's basically getting touched by God and the Holy Spirit's hitting her. And, and, and so she starts getting hit and she doesn't know what to do because she's like, man, this has happened to me in church, but not at school, right? And, and, and so anyway, she runs into the bathroom. And when she runs into the bathroom... She's in there and she's just getting hit by God. She's like, man, I don't know what to do. And, and she gets overwhelmed by God so much that she falls on the floor. And then all of a sudden, a girl comes in to the, to the bathroom that, you know, doesn't know God, doesn't know her. And as soon as she comes in, she hits the floor. And then another one comes in, she hits the floor. And another one comes in, she hits the floor. Before you know it, eight girls are on the floor under the power of God. And they're all in this, this realm of getting hit by the, the presence of God. And so anyway, then a, a teacher comes in and sees it. And she's like, what is going on in here? And, and, and she gets hit and falls on the floor. And the next thing you know, that word starts getting around. People are falling on the floor in the bathroom. because, And, and, and there's one Christian's going, oh, it's God. you know. And, and next thing you know, they kind of like, they freak out. And, and so they, they, they drag these people into the, into the gymnasium. And they're there, laying there. And next thing you know, everybody out of curiosity starts coming to the gymnasium and one by one by one, they all start getting hit by the power of God. Until there's hundreds of kids laid out in this gymnasium by the power of God. And, and then, I, I want you to hear this. I mean, this is revival. 
And so there's hundreds of kids laid out, and the one girl that couldn't, that it all started with, she gets sober, stands up, and starts preaching the gospel. And you know what happens is God moves and He saves hundreds of kids because of a demonstration of the reality that God is real. See, God wants you to demonstrate. You know, and I, I know that's like a crazy example, but this is what's going to happen with our generation. So we're going to carry so much God on our lives that He's going he's gonna to leak out. <laughs> you know, it's like I've heard people, they joke around, they say he's, that God is Jehovah sneaky, right? He'll just sneak up on you and... <laughs> I mean, but, but the reality is, you have the God of, who created heaven and earth, the whole universe, alive on the inside of you. When you're born again, you're saved, and you're filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, the same power that created the, the sun, the, the sky, the, the stars, the moon, that, that same creative God is on the inside of you. How many of you know it is nothing for Him to recreate some tendons in someone's knee who has a tear, right? I mean, I'm telling you, we have been, uh, we've been seeing revival on campuses. I remember, uh, you know, a few years ago, I was preaching in this uh, campus, and we were in Oklahoma, in, in America, and there's this secular campus, not a Christian campus, called Central Oklahoma University, and myself and another guy got accidentally invited in. And what I'm saying is their administrator, their whole school, went on a, a mission trip with us to Africa and saw all these awesome miracles that God was doing, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the lame walking, you know. And, and, and she invited us to come to her school. And, and so we go to the school through a Christian group that's on campus, but they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. And so when we show up, I go, we got a problem. <laughs> like, these guys don't exactly believe what we believe. And, you know, we, we, we have what we call the Bible Belt in America. And... Um, I don't know if it's like that here, but it's like, you know, there's, there's like thousands of churches in, you know, in cities and, 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 and so it's like people, they all go to church, but there's no power. You know, there's no, uh, life in a lot of these churches. And I know that's not how it is here. You guys are full of life. I mean, I've been there before. God moves powerfully. And, and, but, but what I'm saying is, so we, we go to this campus. I remember the first night I'm there and I'm with a friend and I'm like, oh man, this is crazy. And my other friend's more of like a teacher, you know, and I'm, I'm more, I'm just raw revivalist. We just go for it. Miracles, signs and wonders and just preach the kingdom. And so I said, you go first, man. You got to teach them something. So he like teaches and they look at him like he's crazy. I mean, they're just kind of like everybody's looking at him. And so the next night's my night and I'm thinking, great. I got one speed, you know, <laughs> let's just go for it. So I show up and this is what the Lord tells me. He said, Jeremy, stop being afraid. He said, all you need to do is call some people out that need a miracle in their body. And when they see the power of God, when they see His love, He says it's going to change everything. And so I gave an altar call for people that needed miracles. And one of the first girls that came up was a girl that had seven metal plates in her face, 30 screws holding her face together. She had reconstructive surgery because she was in a car accident. And we lay hands on her. When we pray, God dissolves every trace of metal. She went to the doctors the next week, the ones that put the metal in her face. And guess what? They couldn't find it anymore. Totally gone. And, and so anyway, this girl is like one of the most popular girls in the school. She starts feeling her face and she's like, I can feel my face. And she's like messing around. She's like, my dad can't tell me I got screws loose anymore, you know, in my head. And, and then the next guy is this guy who, you know, he, he's, he's born with like a, I don't even know what it is. You look like a duck foot. I mean, he's walking like this and, you know, we just pray in the name of Jesus. And the thing goes like that. And, you know, everybody knew this guy on campus because they seen him walking like a duck, right? Now he's totally healed. Yo, duck boy gets healed. And so I'm like, but see, this is a thing. God wants to use you to bring notable, remarkable signs and wonders. Then the, the captain of the football team, you know, he was like all American and the, the whole thing, their whole team was like, you know, they were, they're, 
basically dependent on this guy to take him, you know, to a place of winning games. And he, he totally, the week before we got there, ripped and tore his, his ACL in half. So he's out for the season. We pray for him. He gets radically healed, starts running around the building, and hundreds of kids got saved on a secular university. And the next three nights, we're packed out with kids that just want to come see what God is doing because the football star that didn't believe in Jesus got totally healed and gave his life to God. You see, I'm sharing this with you because I believe God wants to do this here. I believe that God wants to do this in your universities, in your schools. I believe God wants to do this amongst you and in, in, you know, wherever you go, whether it's on your job, at your workplace. I mean, I used to play baseball in college. I was a, you know, I, I had a professional contract. I know baseball's not huge here. Um, as far as the sport, but where I'm from, it's like the national sport. It'd be like rugby for you, you know? And, um, I played baseball and it was crazy, like the opportunities that I got. And, and here's the difference though, is there's a lot of people that are out there that, you know, that win a game and they go, I just want to thank my Lord and my Savior Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand, we want that. But that, what's going to happen when somebody is injured in a game and a Christian steps up and prays for them, and they get totally healed. And you can say, the media starts going, whoa, what happened? That guy's like, Bone popped out of his leg. You prayed for him. It went back in. I mean, how I many know we got to get ready for this? See, we're a generation that is called the signs and wonders. It's called the miracles. And I mean, we've seen it. I remember I was pitching in this game and I throw this fastball. This guy hits it. He fouls it off. And when he fouls it off, it breaks my catcher's wrist. Snaps it right there. And he's screaming, rolling around on the ground. And it was actually hilarious because this semi-pro baseball team, this is my first game with them. And they told the coach, they said, hey, man, we got to get this guy to be on our team. He said, They said, they said, you know, he's like amazing at baseball, but he's kind of like a Jesus freak, man. That's what they told him. They say, this guy's crazy. Like, he goes all over the world and preaches and does missions and stuff. And so they said, ah, who cares, dude? We'll get him because he's good. And so anyway, I strike out the side after he breaks his wrist. And and the guys land there, and, and the umpires and everybody, they're ready to call the ambulance. And there's a whole stadium of people watching. And the Lord goes, you know what to do. Go over there and pray for him in front of everybody. So I walk up and I go, hey man, I know this sounds really weird right now, but I'm a Christian. I believe in miracles and healings because, I mean, oh, that's what Jesus would do, right? And I said, hey man, can I pray for you to get healed? And this guy looked at me like I was an idiot and so did everybody else. And you know what? Pray for him. We go back in the dugout and this is the craziest thing. I'm on one side of the dugout, the whole team's on the other. Like they're all just looking at me. And like the, all these guys that used to mock me, they're walking by. One guy starts cursing and he, he curses and he goes, dude, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to say that in front of you. And, and it was crazy because all of a sudden I began to be the one who began to lead instead of the one that was following. All of a sudden I began to take authority on this secular team of guys and they wouldn't, they got to the place where they wouldn't even cuss in front of me. Because they saw the power of God. This guy got totally healed. They put him back in the game. He gets a base hit and we win the game. And the whole crowd's like, what the heck just happened? And it's like, Jesus just happened. See, I, I, I want you to get what I'm saying. Who in this place tonight, if God were to give them an anointing for healing and miracles, would go pray for the sick? Who would do it? Put your hand up. I mean, I, I, I'm just being real. Some of you, that you, you probably say, man, that's kind of scary. You want me to pray for somebody you know, like outside of church and... God will give you boldness. How I many you know the Holy Spirit, right, can give us boldness beyond what we know and, and, and understand? And you see, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we got to understand that. How I many know we're called to preach the gospel, right? What is the gospel? What does the gospel look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. Love revolution. It looks like bringing the love of God to people that don't know God. It looks like the love of God touching our lives. But see, it looks like something. Is it always got to be a healing or a sign and a wonder? No, it could be a smile and a prophetic word. 
that absolutely rocks someone to the core that it's like, what? I mean, we do prophetic evangelism all the time, you know, and, and it's like Jesus with the woman at the well. He's sitting there and he's hanging out with her and, you know, he's wearied and he asks her for a drink. And, and then, you know, he goes on and, and, and she goes on to tell him, why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. You shouldn't be talking to me. How many know that's the attitude in the church, right? We got our little safe environment. We shouldn't be talking to the world. No, we should be in the world, not of the world. Right? And we should be the ones that are bringing influence. And, and so Jesus is there, and this woman, you know, she, he tells her, you know, if you were wise, you would ask me for a drink. Because the drink that I give, it leads up to eternal life. You know, he says, I'm the water of life to you. And, and, and she says, oh yeah, well, how do we know that? And, and, and you know, he goes, go get your husbands. <laughs> you know, the five of them. He, you know, he gives her a word of knowledge. He, he says, he, you know, he, he tells her about her life. He gives her one supernatural, you know, bit of information. The woman gets rocked. She runs back to her city. She goes, come, listen to the man that told me everything about my life. He didn't tell her everything. He just said, you know, where is your husband? She says, oh, I have none. And he says, well, that's right. You've had five. And he's like, knock it off, basically. But what I'm saying is one demonstration of God's supernatural, you know, knowledge rocked this woman and an entire city went into revival. The Bible says the whole city came out and after a few days they believed in Jesus, not because of just this woman and her testimony, but because they all saw the goodness and the love of God. And you see why I'm telling you these testimonies, the reason why is because I want you to get hungry for authentic Christianity. Because in a lot of ways, you know, Christianity nowadays, it's either, it's either going to be what we read about in the Bible or it's not. And, you know, sometimes we make it out to be just meetings that are good and we hang out and we sing songs and we're with our friends. And that is, that is awesome. We need that. That's called fellowship. But the reality is there's a gospel that Jesus wants us to preach. And it looks like something. And you see, Jesus and his disciples, they had, uh, they had a heart for people. And, and everywhere they went, they were praying for the sick and the sick were being healed. Everywhere they went, they were releasing life through releasing words to people. And I mean, it's amazing how much one little word can rock someone. I remember one time, Moran and I were doing, you know, uh, street evangelism and, and we were doing prophetic evangelism and God told me, go give that lady behind the counter an encouraging word. And, and, you know, an encouraging word. Somebody like, what does that mean? Well, I just, how many of you have ever prophesied? You, you've ever given someone a prophetic word? Raise your hand. Well, I, you know, the world, they're looking for encouragement. Do you know if you prophesy over someone that's not saved, they'll get absolutely wrecked? They'll get absolutely wrecked. They, they don't even know what to do except for weep and cry a lot of times. And sometimes it's the most simple thing. And I remember one time God said, go, go pray for this lady, you know, go prophesy over her. And, and we always do it, you know, in a non-religious way. That we'll walk up to him and say, hey, I just took a class on giving encouraging words. Can I practice on you? And, you know, I've never been turned down except for, I think, one time where someone was like, no, I don't want your encouragement, you know. How many of the world wants encouragement? How many know that's a pretty safe way to do things, Right. And then what we do is we walk up to him and say, hey, when I look at you, I see. And we just, just like you're prophesying over someone in church. You know, if you see they have an anointing of an evangelist, you say, man, I see you're someone that has an ability to gather people. You have an influence to, you know, you have an influence to, to totally impact people. And in fact, you're like life of the party. You know, you just, and before you know it, people go, how do you know me? And I remember, you know, we walked in this place and I thought, man, does God really want me to prophesy? And I look over, there's a sale sign that's like on the wall, huge. And it says, act now, it'll be gone tomorrow. I thought, okay, I better do this. You know? 
And so I walk up and I say to this girl, I go, I go hey, you know what? I just uh, want to give you an encouraging word. And I said, I just feel like, you know, you're a hard worker and you're, mi- you're misunderstood. And like people don't really take you seriously and, and they don't value what you do. Before I could, I, I didn't even say anything about Jesus yet. She's like, <laughs> you know, this is the best day of my life. I'm thinking, this is the best day of your life? That's bad, you know. And, but, but what I'm saying is people are hungry for love. And, and, and next thing you know, she goes, how do you know me? I'm like, know you. I just told you that, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're a hard worker and, and people don't appreciate you. And, 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 you know, what I tell them is I just go, well, I don't really know you, but Jesus does. And he told me that about you. And he wants you to know that he sees that in you because he loves you. And you know what happens? People get rocked. They get rocked. And, and see, that wasn't like, you know, turning water into wine. And, or that wasn't like, you know, praying, you know, some crazy Pentecostal prayer in tongues over someone and messing their hair up and they fall down in the middle of a coffee shop. You know, it's just, the kingdom is very simple. It is. It's just sharing the love of God with people, you know, and, and, and being real. How many of the world's looking for real people? You know what I mean? People that are like, they're fun to hang out with. People that, that totally, they know who they are in Christ, but also know that they got something. Did you guys know you got something? I'm telling you, you, you got something amazing. And, and God wants to use you to bring a revolution to this city. He wants to use you to bring a revolution to this nation. I mean, what God wants to do is change the way that the world thinks about him. And the way that happens is through you and through me and through uh, us understanding what the gospel of Jesus Christ looks like. And, 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 and how many know that there is no greater model than Jesus would there be a gospel message without miracles? If you remove the miracles out of Jesus' ministry, would there be a gospel? There would not. If you, move, if you remove the prophetic out of Jesus' ministry, would there be a gospel? So what I'm saying is this, is we can't allow religion to take that stuff from us. We can't allow for the, the, the culture of the world to take that stuff from us. How I many know that the culture of the world, they're like all about thinking, right? It's like intellectualism. They go, oh yeah, what do you mean an angel came? Or what do you mean like there's demons? Like I don't believe in that stuff. You'd be crazy not to believe that there's stuff like that going on, right? See, what God wants to do is God wants to unlock to you your full inheritance as sons and daughters. He wants to give you power. To reveal who he is to people. Oh, Jesus. You know what? We've been, we've been seeing people absolutely wrecked by the power of God. In one, one, one time of praying for them, I'm telling you, their life has radically changed. I remember I was in Uganda, Africa. We've seen the worst of the worst become like the best of the best. I mean, I want you to understand something. How many know Paul the Apostle was a murderer? <laughs> he was a murderer that was killing the church. He was the persecutor of, you know, the way, which was the church of Jesus. And then he became like the super apostle. He became the most powerful person on the, the planet to preach the gospel. I'm telling you, God's going to do it in this nation. God's going to do it with some of your family, some of your friends. God's going to do it with some of you. He always chooses people that nobody would ever have thought would be used powerfully for him. And he anoints them with a radical anointing to shift and shake a generation. I mean, I remember we're in Uganda, Africa. We're walking around these villages. We're preaching. and We walk by this hut and, and, and my, my translator goes, hey, that's the witch doctor's house. He's like, dude, we got to get out of here, man. Those guys will curse us. And I was like, hold on. You're going to curse me, man. 
Because I know what the Bible says. It says a curse without cause will come right back around. Like it will come right back upon the person that curses a believer. So we don't have to be afraid of the devil. And I told him, I said, look, man, I said, my God is greater than whatever devil is in him. So we should go in there and see what this guy's up to. I felt the Holy Spirit say to, so we knock on the door. We go in and I'm telling you, it was kind of like the weirdest decorations you've ever seen. It's got like bones and animal bones and skins and all kinds of crazy stuff, little potions. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, man, this place is messed up, right? And then we walk in and here's this guy. He's on this chair and he's got his leg hanging out. And guess what? He's got gangrene. And so what that is, it's like a flesh-eating disease. And it's eating away all of his skin on his, on, right here on his, his leg. And actually, actually, I can see the bone. And, and I'm looking at him. And God tells me, he says, you tell this guy that he's a man of power. And a, a seeker of power. And that you're going to reveal to him the greatest power. And so I tell him, I say, hey man, look, you don't look like you're doing too good. I said, I've come here, sent by God to reveal to you the real power of God. I said, I know you're a man who seeks power. Well, I want to show you the greatest power of all. And, and the Lord said, pray for him. And I'm telling you, I don't know why I did it, but I just did it. I was like, and I stuck my hand right in that, that stuff. It was like, I, I just, I was compelled by love. I didn't even think about it. I just was like, and I prayed in the name of Jesus, you know, be healed. It wasn't even a crazy prayer. It's about love. It's not about your words. It's about a God inside of you that is real. And when you pray and you know he's real, he just releases so I take my hand out, you know, and I'm like telling them, I'm like, yeah, man, God loves you. And we leave. And I'm like, I realized what I did. I'm like, anybody got any hand sanitizer? Like, you know, dumping a whole bottle on, like shaking my hand off, thinking, dude, that was, that was nasty. And, and so we fly, we fly home. And the next year we come back to Uganda again. The pastor's so excited to see me. He see, he meets me at the airport. He goes, man, I got to tell you the most amazing testimony. And the most amazing miracle that we've seen this year. And I said, what's that? And he said, remember that guy you prayed for with gangrene? I said, yeah. He goes, the guy, you stuck your fingers in his leg. And you know, I, I said, yeah, what about him? He said, when you left, the day after, he was totally healed. He said, he was totally healed. And he said, not only was he totally healed, but he gave his life to Jesus. And we're grooming him to be a prophet in our church right now. See, this guy went from the guy that was cursing everybody, you know, and they were getting sick and they were getting diseased. And, and you know, a warlock... You know, this guy, uh, the darkest of the dark, and God touches him radically, and he becomes the most powerful prophetic guy in their whole church. You see, I'm telling you, God wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to anoint you to begin to call forth the greatest generation of Christians that's ever, fa- that's ever walked the face of the earth. And he wants to anoint you as a part of his army to be the greatest demonstrators of his love of any generation that's ever walked the face of the earth. And you see, the challenge, though, is allowing Jesus to be Jesus. And allowing Him to be who He is in the Bible, now and today. Because the Bible says that God is the same today as yesterday and forever. And He never changes. See, I want you to understand that. God is the same today as He was when He walked the earth. Except there's one difference. He lives inside of you instead of just one man walking the earth. So that same ability of what was in his life and moving through him is inside of you. And what God wants to do is he wants to unlock that ability and he wants it to manifest through you. See, Romans 8, 11, it says the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you and will quicken your body and will quicken your life. Who wants all of God? Who wants more of God in their life? I, I, I want you to understand something. You do not have like, you know, 
you don't have a regular size fry, Holy Ghost, and then, like, I have the biggie size. We all have the same size, Holy Ghost, and it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. See, but what we need is keys that will unlock that potential and allow it to come out and to be seen. And we're going to pray for some people here in a minute, and I believe God's going to heal people in this place. I believe God's going to encourage people in this place and their callings and their, their, and their anointing. I believe God's going to stir things up. But what I want you to do is I want you to get a vision for the real Jesus and what He looks like and what Christianity looks like according to the Bible because that's what our, we're, we're supposed to follow what the Bible says, right? And you see, we can't allow good teaching. We, we can't allow even popular men that, that, that have good teaching to replace the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need good teaching, friends. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. But we've got to understand, what is the gospel? Because a lot of people, they preach what I call the gospel of salvation. What is that? That means we just pray and we, we make a, a prayer of salvation and, and, and people end it right there. I'll tell you what, if God only wanted you to just pray a prayer of salvation, that was it. All we would need is the ministry of an evangelist and the ministry of an assassin. One to get you saved and the next one. That's it. But the reality is, Salvation is the entry point into the kingdom. It's the entry point into a relationship with the most amazing Father, and the, uh, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and once you're saved, there's work to be done in the kingdom. And not only is there work to be done, there's fun to be had. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's more to life than just sitting in your seats. How many of you know you're created for more than just sitting in your seat? I'm telling you right now, in this room, there are people that are called to rock the, they're called to rock this generation and, and their idea of what music looks like. There's, there's young people in this room right now, you're called to be the next multi-millionaire CEO businessmen or businesswomen, and God wants to give you strategy through the Holy Spirit to get there. There's people in this room right now, you're called to, to rise up and, 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 and to be, you know, in a platform of arts and entertainment and sports and all kinds of different avenues where there's influence in the world. But what's going to get you there isn't going to be you and your own works. It's going to be the Holy Ghost. It's going to be believing for bigger things than what we've already seen and what we've already experienced. I mean, no, we can't believe big enough when it comes to, like, how big God is. You know what he continually loves to do? He continually loves to break our box so that we have a little bit bigger of a box. I mean, I'm telling you, God always wrecks us. <laughs> I mean, no, if you think you got God figured out, you're just messed up. Because <laughs> he's too big to be figured out. But at the same time, he's very simple. See, Jesus, I'm going to read this to you. This is the gospel that we preach. This is the gospel that Jesus preached. It says here, you know, ha, ha. thank you, Lord. Uh, thought the battery died. <laughs> it says here in Mark chapter nine thirty five. It says, "Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people." But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. See, this is the gospel that Jesus preached. It was a gospel of love and compassion. And because he was moved with love and compassion, he was drawn to people that were what? Hurting. People that were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. How many know if you're not in church and you don't have a, you know, a pastor in your life, you don't have a God in your life, how, how many know you're a, you're a scattered sheep? Right? 
That's what the lost people are. They're sheep that are scattered, hopeless in situations in life. That, you know, they need God. You see, Jesus would see these people and it was his heart's motivation to reach out to them and reveal God's love to them. And the way that he did it, it says that he was preaching and he was teaching, but he was also healing the sick and destroying every sickness and every disease. And you see, I believe that God anointed Jesus. Acts 10.38, if you, if you have a Bible, you can look at it. It, says, it talks about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and how he went about doing good, setting all who were oppressed of the devil free. See, the anointing is given to us to reveal the goodness of God. To reveal the love of God. But the reality is, we've got to begin to take risks and step out. And we've got to begin to pursue the loss. And we've got to begin to believe God that He'll use us just like the Bible says He'll use us. I'm telling you, the, the, the generation that we're a part of, the mandate over us is Acts chapter 2. It says, in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Young men will have visions. Old men will have dreams. And it says that there will be signs and wonders in the heavens above and the earth beneath. And it says all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. See, I want you to understand this. God wants to give people dreams and visions in this place tonight. He wants to activate the supernatural. He wants to, he, he wants to give you an authority that you can walk out and see the power of God just like Jesus did, revealing the love of the Father to the sick, to the lost, to the dying. And, and, and as they're touched by the miracle power of God, they're, in, they're, they're brought out of that darkness and into the light and they get a revelation. God loves me. Huh. See, it says the reason why I all call upon the name of the Lord when the end time generation comes is because there will be a generation of demonstration. Signs and wonders in the heavens above, the earth beneath. Prophetic realms of dreams and visions and prophecy flowing. And you know what I love is this, is that God wants to stir that stuff up tonight. He wants to stir it up tonight. And He wants to impart it to you. Oh, Jesus. Some of you should totally just be like, that's good, I want that. Come on. Because it's what you're created for. See, the reality is we all have different callings. I mean, I'm not saying that we all got to be preachers and stand behind a pulpit and, you know, that's the only way to serve God because that's a lie. The Bible says some are called to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And there are some of you in this place, you're called to ministry, but others of you, you're called to carry the kingdom outside of this place, into the marketplace, into wherever you go. Ha <laughs> Jesus. And I believe tonight God wants to stir that anointing up. I believe tonight God wants... The kingdom to invade this place. You know, Jesus, when he prayed, this is what he said. He said, he taught his disciples. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What would happen if heaven started invading earth everywhere you went? What would happen if the way that Jesus prayed, the church would walk, begin to manifest? I'll tell you what would happen. All your friends, all your family get saved. Because there's a reality. It's not just, how many know Jesus didn't walk up to the blind guy and go, hey man, you know. After you die, man, it's going to be great. Go to heaven and one day you'll get your sight back. No, he just... (laughs) Heaven on earth. Are there blind people in heaven? No, so there can't be here either. If you have the power of God and you pray, those eyes got to open. You see, I'm excited because this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a supernatural gospel. Woo! And we've been seeing over and over and over again, people just getting touched by the power of God and they come, in the, they come into the building one way and they leave another and they're totally radically transformed. I mean, you never know what one touch of the Holy Spirit can do to you. I mean, I, there's this guy who came to our meeting and it's hilarious. His job, he was a rodeo clown. Huh. 
Now you want to talk about someone who's messed up, right? You got to be messed up to let a, a bull run around and chase you. And that's what this guy did for a living, drunk all the time, you know, high on drugs. I mean, the guy's life was messed up. He comes to the church. He sees the power of God demonstrated. He sees people get healed, and he goes. He comes up to Miranda and I, and he goes, "I gotta have what you guys have." This is a rodeo clown. <laughs> so we go, "Okay, man, cool." We pray for him. This guy gets absolutely rocked. He gets totally lit up for God. We don't even see him. Two years later, I get this, you know, phone call from this guy. He's like, man, have you heard about your spiritual son? I'm like, my spiritual son. And he said, yeah, dude, this guy, man, he's been going to Pakistan. He's been going to Africa. He's been going all around the world. He just led one of the highest priests in, you know, Pakistan, a Muslim Shiite priest to the Lord. Thousands of people are getting healed and saved and delivered. And, 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 and this is only two years after getting touched by the power of God. And, and they're like, man, this guy is being used so powerfully by God. And, and he's your spiritual son. I said, how is he my spiritual son? They said, you prayed for him. And then I said, I don't know who you're talking about. They said, he was a rodeo clown. I said, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> but my point is that guy came into a meeting that's just like this. You know, he saw God move and, and he got prayer and something happened on the inside of him. Something was activated. Something was stirred up. There was another guy in the same meetings. This guy just catching. He's serving. And, and, and he catches someone. They fall out. And I get a prophetic word. And I say, hey, look, man. God's going to use you as an evangelist. But it's going to be different than the way evangelism has been seen in the church. And I said, I see the anointing of technology around your life. And, and all these different things. There's something you're going to do on the internet. And I, I don't even know what I'm saying. Just inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Next thing you know, I, I, about, you know... Six months ago, I got this phone call from a pastor. He says, hey, have you heard what one of your spiritual sons is doing? I'm like, what? What do you mean one of my spiritual sons? It's this guy, you gave a word, man, at this camp four years ago. He, he, he said, he said, look, dude, you, you told him that he was going to be used by God in a different way. Well, anyway, he's got a church that is a, a virtual church online. He's got over 200,000 members in this church. And not only that, he's, he's, it's the weirdest thing, but, but it's awesome, is that what they're doing is they're reaching out to homosexuals. And they've seen 10,000 homosexuals saved, and, and, and they've seen about 4,000 permanently delivered from it. And what he's done is through the Internet and through Facebook and, and, and through networks like that, they've, they've set up leaders in all the major cities across Canada where he's from. And, and they've set up these, these homes where people can get deliverance. And the way that they're getting the gospel, though, is he preaches on his, you know, on, on his iPad or his, his, his MacBook. He preaches to them every Sunday and he gets 200,000 people following him. So, I mean, we do not know what God's going to do in this generation because it hasn't been done before. And there's people in this place right now, I'm telling you, God wants to influence people with you, he, your life. You see, what I'm doing is I'm breaking the box tonight with our ideas and our conceptions of how we think God moves and what church looks like. Because the reality is this place here is where you get equipped. This place here is where you get connected with God. But really, the walk of a Christian starts out there. I'm telling you, God is good. Woo! God wants to totally just rock some of you tonight with, with a mandate and an anointing. Ah, Jesus. You know, when we were on our way over here, I, I began to ask God, I said, God, what are some things that you want to do tonight? And, and it was amazing. The Lord showed me some different things that he wanted to heal. And, you know, I, I don't like just talking about God. I like to talk about him and demonstrate him. Because that's who Jesus is. He never did a thing without... 
revealing the love of God. And, and you know, there were several things that God began to show me. And I want to pray for some people. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's be.